Hi, welcome to episode 623 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and you know what I always say, let he who is without stones commit the first sin. Is that how it goes? In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four, volume 5, number 6, released on June 25th. 2014. They don't seem to have cover dates anymore. Original Sin, I guess that's the title, by writer James Robinson and artist Leonard Kirk. And so after the trial of last issue, the Fantastic Four are on the way home in the Fantastic Car. And Ben says the only good thing about a day like this is that it can't get any worse. So let me guess, after this, the day gets worse. Ben says, Ben asks Reed and Sue if he can go off without him. Like, he's a grown ass man, why does he need permission to go off? They do drop him off, and, he, and they go on their way without him. Sue mentioned something about going back to the Baxter building, even though I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. took it over and they can't go back there. I mentioned last issue that Robinson's grasp of FF history might be a little spotty, but geez, that's only like two issues ago when S.H.I.E.L.D. took over. And so, the Fantastic Car lands in the street, and standing there are the Avengers. Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Falcon, Spider-Woman, Power Man, and Iron Fist? Captain America says he's sorry, and Reed and Sue think they're being sorry about the kids and the court ruling. But nope, Cap is sorry about the fact that the Avengers are there to keep the FF from going into the Baxter building. I find it hard to believe that Cap and the Avengers would take their time out of their busy days to be lapdogs for the US government, to keep the FF out of their own headquarters. That kind of seems out of character for most of them. Even though Cap says they're not happy about it, they're still doing it. Sue is slowly getting pissed, asking about their personal belongings and what happened to them, and their children's belongings, and she's getting madder and madder, and she's asking, who takes a family's whole life? Who takes their children? Reed tries to tell Sue to calm down, but she lashes out with her force field powers and chunks of the street, along with the Avengers, go flying all over the place. And you would think that during something like this, without any powers, Hawkeye would like take a rock to the head and die very easily. So meanwhile, at Camp Hammond, last issue we were told it was no longer called Camp Hammond, I guess it is now, we check in on the Future Foundation children who are being held there by, after being removed from the Baxter building, by the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We see that Alex Powers has alerted the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in charge, Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch, that something is amiss with the kids. He rushes in to check on them. The kids look sad and they start talking about a person who saved their lives, who's now going to be killed. Hammond wants to know what they're talking about, as I do. And all at once, the kids say, Dragon Man, who was neither dragon nor man, 
but an android. Leech overhears someone say that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to shut him down. Hammond says, that's true. The Moloid, who's a floating head in a jar, says, that's like murder. But a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent told him that since Dragon Man was an android, it's not murder because he's not even human and I guess his life doesn't matter. Which is a bit of a sore point for Jim Hammond because he is also an android. I guess Jim Hammond has an advantage over Dragon Man. White privilege extends even to androids. Oh, I hate that phrase. So a couple days later on a rainy night, Johnny is home at his new townhouse and Ben arrives saying, I know what you did. For some reason, he's all pissed off at Johnny and starts calling him a liar. Johnny says he doesn't know why Ben is mad and wants to know what's going on. Ben replies, Not that you deserve it, but sure, I'll spill. And he tells the story that goes back to that crossover event at the time called Original Sin. It started with Uatu the Watcher being murdered. How come he didn't see that coming? And Ben and a bunch of other superheroes were there. Spider-Man, Daredevil, some Avengers, and shockingly, Moon Knight is not there. And we see some character there shooting some beams of energy that have an effect on Ben. And he suddenly knows stuff. He has memories that weren't his own. And one memory is of the Baxter building years ago. And the Human Torch is flying around into Reed's lab. He sees this big contraption there. If I recall, it's a device that Reed created where Ben sits inside it and is supposed to return the thing to his normal human form. So Johnny decides to have a seat and try it out, sitting inside the machine. Soon, he sees Reed and Ben coming. He gets out and they start to use the machine. Reed explains how it works and how they can only use the machine once so they have one shot at it. Ben takes a seat, Reed flips a switch, and everything goes haywire. I thought maybe this was a flashback to issue 106 or so, but no, this is just some crazy new shit that we've never seen before. Ben's body goes wild. He's got human parts. He's got thing parts. He's got a big orange rocky spike coming out of his shoulder. He's got his human flesh, which is lumpy and gross. And he screams out in pain and anguish. Reed! So this is a memory that Ben has now. Is it a memory that even happened? I don't know. Well, anyway, that's the end of that. What a miserable issue. There's like three scenes in the entire book. The first scene, the FF are flying home and they land at the Baxter building, denied entry by the Avengers, and Sue has an outburst. That's like half the issue right there. And I really don't think the Avengers would allow themselves to be used like that. Like a, like a county sheriff kicking someone out of their house for not paying rent. And then there's the short scene with the kids and the possibility that they might kill Dragon Man for being an android, even though the original Human Torch is an android. And I can't believe I'm going to say it, but that's probably my favorite scene in the book. It's like two pages. Maybe because it's short and to the point. And then we end with that scene with the confrontation with Ben and Johnny, and the part that crosses over with Original Sin, which I have read once, and if I recall, it was pretty horrible. So I have no desire to go back and reread it for this podcast. It's bad enough that I have to go back and reread Secret Wars... Whatever you call it. Secret Wars 3? Secret Wars Volume 2? So, the scene with Ben and Johnny, and they flash back to the old scene from years ago, which is drawn in kind of a Kirby-ish, old-school style. 
Which is a good idea to have a flashback drawn like that in the first place. In the credits, there's a credit for Original Sin Flashback for Dean Haspiel and Nolan Woodard. I guess they're the ones who draw that scene, who drew that scene. Um. Coming in the next episode, what the hell is going on with Ben, and why does he blame Johnny? What did Johnny really do? He sat in a chair. Will Ben have a big hissy fit and cause unnecessary damage to the city? Just a couple of issues after that was one of the major complaints against the FF in that big court case that Ben may have forgotten about because, you know, it was like two issues ago. Oh, and it looks like Ben killed somebody. Oh, that's not going to turn out very well. And with that, I've got 12 more issues to go. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. <laughs>